The following interview was conducted on April 6th, 2020 with intuitive life coach Andrea Lita Wilborn and energy worker and spiritual medium Jenna Carey amidst a global health phenomenon authorities are calling COVID-19. Essentially, Andrea, Jenna, and I are out to answer the following question from the most spiritual perspective. What are the harder to see life-serving opportunities available to us in a crisis like this? In today's conversation, part one of two, we'll discuss why you might be justified in feeling excited while another part of you is panicked, while you might choose now to create something new, even though most of the world's energy is on lockdown, and why this crisis might be the invitation from the spiritual realm that humanity needs to make critical course adjustments. This is the Super Givers Podcast. So I know that we're going to get into some really interesting, big, fun, spiritual topics. And I would love to just warm up for all of our sakes, just by having you each introduce yourselves and how you see your main role in the world, um, however you want to describe that. And yeah. You first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my name is Andrea Lita Wilborn. I, my work goes by Andrea Lita. Lita is technically my middle name, and I, I use it because it's a name that I share with, I shared with my mom, and we shared with my great aunt, and it means small winged one, and for whatever reason, that's always, it's always been a, a marker and a reminder. So that's, that's me. It's my business. Um, I operate in the world as a professional life coach, and I've had my love, not so love, uh, contentious battle with that phrase, but I truly have moved into a space where I genuinely, gratefully love the work that I'm doing. I have a, um, a community of coaches that I support and mentor, as well as anyone that I would consider having some air of visionary leadership behind their eyes. So someone who's using their life to put a positive ripple in the pond, whatever that means to them. And, and that kind of runs the gamut of vastness of topics. But every time I get on the phone with a client, it really comes down to that individual human self and, and how many of us are asking the same question in a ton of different ways. And I get to help people answer that for themselves. So that's what I do. Awesome. Welcome. So glad to have you on. Finally. Thank you. Yeah, finally. Apparently. <laughs> finally. And also like right timing. So it's all yes, good. Yes. Yes. And I am Jenna Corey. I have a business called Mo Mojo. I'm an intuitive energy healer and I help people. Basically, I feel like my purpose in life is to help people learn how to help themselves by going within and seeking the answers within and like removing focus from external and putting it on their internal energy and emotions and getting in touch with themselves in order to uncover and discover who they truly are and like move that create that into the world more and more in everyday like simple practical ways I focus a lot on simple practical exercises and energetic techniques and things that you can do in daily busy human life that's what I'm doing (laughs) Jenna thank you welcome I'm so glad to have you both and I'm already hearing a theme that the three of us share as we we probably all know um, that we really look at transformation as beginning with the inside out of of personhood um, 
through through the various ways that we do that. So I think that's a wonderful way for for you both to describe one of the goals of doing this today. And I just want to say for the listeners, something I mentioned to to these two a minute ago, um, this is not an interview about, um, you know, so much about the human actions in the world or trying to figure out what's happening uh, on that level, but more coming from the inside out of our own experience in the service of creating some, some meaning about the world as it's happening right now with all the different events. Um, so I think that's a really nice segue. And actually, let's just start there. I would love to have you too, if you're up for it, model right now in the moment. So what is it, what is it that you experience on the inside in the reality that we're, that we're in right now? first and I can join in too (laughs) (laughs) oh man inside it's like a collision of a lot of deep exhales which I don't think is the collective Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the like the desire that I so deeply want but also that that place of resolve that I have to find within myself when I'm just tuned in without dipping my toe too much into it or getting to in the messiness of the realities of what we're experiencing it's it's total chaos but not in a like we're going to be crushed but just a yeah what you think you knew and what the stability that you stood on has a big old crack in it right now and it's temporary but its temporariness is so here and now that it doesn't feel like that and i think we have to respect what's in the moment and then the the hope for what's to come but yeah there's that I don't know about Jenna but for me it's like that mix of holy crap and okay we'll be okay and holy crap and we'll be okay kind of (laughs) vacillate between those two spaces on a pretty frequent uh, basis here (laughs) yes I'm definitely vacillating as well but I noticed that the the vacillation the only times that I'm feeling like oh crap, is when I'm looking at the news or gathering information on social media, looking at what other people are thinking about everything. When I'm like looking at the external thing and getting wrapped up in that, even if it's like just looking for truth and information and like seeking higher knowledge, I get into that like fear state of just like, ooh, like what? what could come and then as soon as I back off of that and like go outside get under the tree take my shoes off like close down all the screens and just get into my body get out of my mind into my body then I can find this sense of peace in there that's just like it's almost incredible that it can exist in there during this time and then I realized that all of these like years of practice and all of these things I've been culminating my whole entire life sort of of chaos and dealing with traumas and things has led me to being able to to find that peace within myself no matter what seemingly chaos is going on and it's always when I can connect back in with like presence with this breath with like right now this moment And so that's really what I've been leaning on. It's just like focusing on staying as present as possible and moving out of that mind space into my 
heart into my body and like letting the emotions move through has been a big thing of instead of like not holding on to anything, really practicing like accepting, allowing, letting the waves of tears just rush through and releasing them, letting the anger rush through and releasing it and not holding on to anything, making sure that it can travel its way out has been really helpful for me to maintain some kind of stability or sense of stability. Yeah, it sounds like you're the present moment in embodying yourself and your emotional self and your physical self and your natural self is really the resource. Mm-hmm. It's been an incredible resource. I feel like when it when the, all of this first started happening and the chaos started kind of first like closing in, there was like a part of me that was like coming like alive and feeling so excited. Like there's this little piece of me that was just like, this is it. This is the moment you were born for. Like this like excitement kind of rising, which is very interesting because I was like, like the other side is, is this, you know, death and decay of, of realities and expectations and ideas and all of this. And like through that death is rebirth is happening at the same time. So it's, I, f- I feel like that is definitely happening on the on the collective plane as well. But when you can tune into it in yourself and like allow the deaths and like move through the deaths of the of what you thought you knew of 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 whatever is coming up in you to just let, allow it to move through so that you can find those little points of like, but what is what is also birthing in you? Like there's a resurgence, there's growth, there's something, there's a seed in you, and like tuning into what that is that's being planted at you're the really same just, time. That- yeah, right. You're honoring the coexistence of all these, I mean, potentially complex experiences that haven't always been paired together. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was going to say it feels kind of like an overall theme of what we're mm. being asked of right now is to like embrace all of the, I feel like we're, being asked to like embrace, accept, and integrate all of these extremes within ourselves and like find this balance within ourselves to be able to have this sort sense of collective balance that we're striving for. Yeah, but yeah, there's like this integration thing that needs to happen. Oh, yes. Well, we have, we have an integration master with Andrea here. <laughs> it's something it's some, something that i'm really interested in as well but i just want to say even just hearing you sort of name that and acknowledge that andrea i don't know if you you felt this at all but just hearing you say it, that we're sort of being welcomed i think your word was like ask to hold the extreme experiences just helps me breathe a little bit because ha- the vacillation has been so like the dynamic range of of the mm-hmm. oscillator has been so high for me and it's like I'm sure a lot of people, yeah. Mm-hmm. How's that been for you, Andrea? I think when that first, when the when the news first started to roll out, my I mean, my inclination whenever there's when there's information and then there's reaction whatever scale it's on, my first inclination is to step back and go, well, wait a minute. What, what's the actual data? What's the actual response? 
And within a few days, it felt like the conversation was less about the impact of what we're contending with and more about the, the way that people were reacting to what was happening. And I think for me, it's been helpful from similar to Jenna within my own practices to remember, oh, right, like we're, we're hardwired uh, just on the physical level to not do well when anything in our physical domain is uh, tempered with. So when food sources feel scarce, when whatever we've associated security to, whatever that looks like, um, when social connection is not only diminished, but we're asked to withhold from something that we are wired to be integrated with at all times. We're literally not in the part of ourselves that can go, oh, it's okay, I'll take a deep breath here. <laughs> and I think it takes practitioners and, and mindful individuals who have, for whatever reason, the capacity to take that step back and say, well, wait a minute, what's the, what's the collective response? What's my initiation of that response? What do I actually need to tune into? And, and like Jenna, I feel like I come up to the surface every few days just to see like what data, if I can get access to any, what data do I need to actually take into consideration for my choices? And then I kind of go back mm -hmm. down to like that 10, 15 feet below the surface where it's, it's a lot calmer and the waves don't have quite the ripple effect that I think that it's had for a lot of people. But it's also interesting. I've had, I've talked to a significant number of the people in my community and the people that I get to support and work with. And I'm definitely working in a more resourced capacity. So to be fair, like the people that I'm in touch with are resourced internally, externally. They have support networks, things like that. So I don't know that it's a total fair splice of, of the population. But 100% of them have given me this really um, surprising feedback. And I I showed up like ready to go, right? Like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I've got all my practices ready. I've got my breath. I've got like, it's, it's okay people. Like we're gonna be able to get through this. And I get on the phone and everyone's like, oh, this is so great. I'm taking deep breaths. I have so much clarity. I've let go of so much bullshit. I realized how many places in my life I have been showing up for the necessity of my perceived self. I don't actually wanna be there. Um, that, and that has been really fascinating to me. And that's the, that's the emergence of a rebirth is, is we would not have willingly put ourselves through this ever. Even if we could say the outcome would be this like complete reorientation of how we do life. Even if that reorientation meant more resources for more people with more predictability, we wouldn't choose it because of this threshold we're in the midst of right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that is like a metaphor for just healing in general. Like a lot of people, it's hard to choose. Yeah. It's hard to choose to, to go for that soul dream, soul desire because of this, all of this kind of shadow and darkness that you have to confront in the process. It feels like there's a collective shadow emerging bubbling up that we all have to look at we all have to look at mm -hmm. what it's bringing up in us and how to deal with that that which is within us in order to affect that greater community and world as a whole mm -hmm. what do you see that collective shadow work looking like it has to 
for me, it has to be going inward, like how Andrea was saying, how she kind of goes below the surface a little bit, like all of us are being asked to stop grabbing at the external sources and stop like asking for everybody else's opinion and just to at least take one little pause and respite and go within and look at what's in there, like look at the fears that are coming up right now, the anger, the responses, the reactions, the emotional reactions to look at what's coming up right now and like feel into where have you also, where else have you felt that in your life? Like where does that already exist within you? It's not this circumstance that is creating that in you. It's in, it was already there. So it's like a, there's like an acceptance that has to happen of our own fear and shame and traumas and pain there's like an acceptance and a looking at it and a maybe even like on a very highest, highest level to find gratitude for those things in terms of how they, they break the seed and allow you to grow in terms of how they, like all of my biggest growth and evolution has come from some of the hardest, most traumatic, painful places in my life and I like those dark nights of the soul and I feel like this is like a universal worldly sort of dark night of the soul if you take it if you choose to run with it that way you can evolve and transform through it and at the same time if we've got okay so this you'll help me steer back from the cynical end here so (laughs) if we've got what you described as this sort of like we, we, know, we know the collective challenge with um, our pull towards Jenna, as you're saying, the external. It's like, it's like this core challenge in maybe trusting ourselves some way. Or, yes. But there's, you know, it's some form of external validation, whatever that is. Like, where, however that's manifested for people throughout their lives, whether it be through romantic partnerships or, you know, being good enough in their professional jobs or... Um, you know, being able to be a good enough interviewer, (laughs) like we all have that piece of ourselves. Right. And so Uh in a a state of, of dysregulation, if people are dysregulated and you, you both commented on how easy it is, even when you come up to the surface from a moment to get dysregulated with sort of some of the external sources in our world. So my big question is I'm totally down with everything you're suggesting and how have you both because we can't speak to what everyone else needs but how do you both regulate yourself in that moment to make the choice to say i'm spiraling this way into this external pull and i need to come back to myself if that feels like a fair way to describe it yeah do you want to go first sure so you're asking you're asking how how do we do that how do we how do we retreat from the external because we can't get a grasp on the external right now in the ways that we're used to and return to the internal, even if the internal is super uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I guess we'll just start with, you know, if you're willing to share personally, how you two each yeah. navigate that. Cause I think that's a great thing for people to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's the, there's the desire for it's out. It's separate from me. So I can choose to engage with it when I want to. 
but I think that's the, that's part of the illusion that got us into this mess in the first place. The, mm. that's happening over there. And as long as I fit into the right box, then I'm protected from whatever exists over there. And this, this thing is affecting almost the whole planet. So you can't hide from it. And I think in the, if we're speaking on energetics, I know for me, it's, it's just there all the time. But I can feel the difference between when the amplification gets turned up and when it gets turned down. I mean, for example, I think it was two and a half weeks ago. So time-wise, like right around the time where some of the reports were coming out of what cities and states were doing and what was to come, right? So there's like this shelter in place was, became this really big, scary word. And, and it hadn't even happened yet. It was days before these announcements. And my stomach was in knots and doing flip-flops and, and I felt really sick. And I was looking at my life going, well, there's nothing that would cause this level of stress response at a physical level, but I'm stressed about something and I can't see it, but I could feel it. And I think that's the, I think that's the opportunity and also a little bit of the exhaustion of what we're contending with is you can't, you can't turn it off. It's energy is energy. It's everywhere. We're sitting in it, but you don't have to, you don't have to pour gasoline on the fire. So I think for me, it's, it's knowing if I read a bunch of news stories or absorb some seminal truth from places that can't tell the truth right now, like social media or the news, then I'm going to participate in this narrative in a way that's not conducive to me or the narrative. But just as much as I could, I can participate with um, that deep well of, well, I'm okay. I'm, I'm physically okay in this moment. And I will, I can think of my okayness as far as I have predictability to do so. And then beyond that, if I can't feel the predictability, then I don't look. And I think there's a lot of this, um, projecting and, and what Brene Brown calls dress rehearsing tragedy that's going on on such an extreme level. We are pre-anticipating the absolute worst case scenarios at every turn that we're not able to actually access, well, what's in this moment? Because right now, like uh -huh. I'm sitting, I'm having a conversation, so clearly I'm okay. I can take deep breaths, I'm warm, my belly is full, I'm in a safe home. There's not a lot going on around me that's telling me I need to flee or protect myself in some way. So that's the truth then any of the energetics of fear, I have to call it what it is, which is not truth, but being reacted to as though it's true. And as soon as I think you can discern the difference between these two sensations, like I said, I don't think you can get out of it, but at least you can name it. And if you can name mm -hmm. it, you don't have to be swimming in it. And if you're not swimming in it, you can take a step back and go, okay, I can take a breath from a different part of myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like nodding my head. <laughs> yeah, for me, my like personal practice is is returning to that presence or even choosing not to take in any information or anything until I have already grounded myself, meditated, journaled, like written out gratitude statements, like done the things that make me feel okay, I am okay in this moment. I'm here. Everything in this moment, in this breath is good. 
maybe now I have like the capacity to go learn some new information, check and see what's going on in the like spheres of the atmosphere, doing that like grounding, getting centered first before you even look to external information is helpful for me in terms of like still wanting to maintain being informed or just know what what people are thinking, what's going on out there in the world. But then feeling it, feeling it, being aware of your the feelings in your body. And when you start to feel the fear or anxiety or whatever it is rushing in to, yes, name it, notice it, see whether it even belongs to you or if you're just kind of sucking it up from from what you're reading or whatever it is and to I think part of the shadow work is to yeah name the emotion understand that it's there embrace it accept it and also that this these two truths can exist at once always like there is fear there is anxiety there is the unknown and peace and joy and creativity and passion are also there that they can both exist within you at once and you have the choice to tap into which emotion you want basically and so it's like for me it's getting out of my mind space the mind space is where I get cluttered the mind space where we're taking in all the information and literally moving into my body so that could be doing something physical moving my body doing energetic exercises physical exercises touching my body touching my heart sitting down meditating being in nature getting outside like it feels like that's the real world is out here with the birds where I'm sitting right now bare feet in the grass like this is reality for me in this moment this is the truth when you can clue into that that okayness that in the presence then you can like choose more of okay I'm gonna go down and explore the shadow emotions from this place of centeredness or I'm gonna reach up meditate lift my like awareness up ask for answers ask for guidance i do that a lot too reaching like asking for answers asking for just kind of like allowing instead of pushing towards a an expectation or towards a figuring something out just allowing the answers to reveal themselves allowing my next step to reveal itself by just going into that center within myself. Being receptive, yeah? Yes, yes. Tuning into the receptive place Mm. within yourself where you get like ideas, answers, you get clarity, you get confirmation, you get validation, you get all of these things internally when you're centered within yourself. So whatever ways that people can find to find that center within themselves, to play music, listen to music, dance, do art, create, bake, like whatever it is, get your hands, use your hands, use your body, like move out of the mind space where you're trying to analyze and rationalize and figure things out and just be like from doing into being has for me personally is what always creates the shift into reception mode and then when I'm in that yeah yeah, it's like moving instead of action like oh god I have to figure this out and I have to do something about it it's like 
moving into being the being mode the, the receptive state gives you the answers of what is that next step to take in, in your mind like you're never going to figure it out what's the next step what do i do what do i do where do i go which direction when you can tune into like the body the body like leads you there without you even having to think about it that's kind of how i move through my life it's like letting my life carry me and then when I'm resisting is when I feel when I'm resisting the flow of where it's carrying me when I'm resisting the flow of what is what is present what is happening in any given moment that's when fear anxiety stress etc creep in it's resistance it's all just resistance of of what is basically it's like a beautiful bridge between two realms yeah. And it sounds like, I'm curious to hear you both chime in on this. It sounds like a, the way you're, Jenna, at least you're really orienting to it. And Andrea, I'm sure a lot of that resonates for you. It's almost like a real deep invitation for the, the feminine archetype, isn't there? Because, I mean, that's what I hear when I hear mm-hmm. like receptivity and flow. Is this our reckoning right now for you know, this incredible feminine quality to come into our consciousness. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, to me, it feels like the energy flows in this big, like, figure eight. It goes, like, up and down and the big figure eight. And, it, like, in our bodies, it flows that way and it crosses at, this, at the heart. That's, like, the center points between black and white between up and down good and bad all the polarities and then like that same sort of energy exists in like the timelines that we're on like so say we've been doing this big kind of like masculine patriarchal timeline creating things industrializing creating cities creating technology and now we're swinging back up like into the into the darkness into the feminine into yin into receptivity and we have to like go like on the big yin yang we have to, that's we're turning turning over mm-hmm. and it's like that's gonna get us back into to balance we need to integrate that just to find to regain a balance of how much externalized energy there's been there has to be this coming back into balance that's what it feels like the earth is doing right now it's just kind of like rebalancing itself yeah, I mean, you even named it really with the going from doing to being, right? I mean, that doing is very masculine, being being very feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the very nature of how people are, at least my impression of how people are responding to the necessity to go within demonstrates how infrequently we go within. And I think that's the of course there's going to be shadow work that that's all kinds of cobwebs down there because i think we've been we've been forging ahead with a lot of effort and a lot of excessive fiery push and we've also really celebrated that in people that we've coined interior yin restorative cooking baking weaving storytelling painting childbearing as like the lesser than the thing you do Mm -hmm. don't have something to do we call it creativity or self-care we don't we don't call it livelihood right we call income producing activities livelihood 
And here we have the most life affirming opportunity, at least in my time on this planet. And people are panicked because mm -hmm. we've ascribed so much affirmation for our selfhood to things that we've produced. So if I can't go to work, if I can't make money, if I can't buy things in a way that I do, if I can't have my rhythms and routines in the established way that have created this sense of self, then who am I? And I think in, the, in that moment of stillness, the who you are that was always there might actually get a chance to speak through you. But that does require getting really quiet and not assuming that you know what it is, not assuming you ever knew what it was. And I'm not surprised that there's that inclination to be creative. And I feel, I feel a very similar way to Jenna. I can't, I can't get enough of this writing, journaling, meditating, baking. I cannot tell you how much bread I've eaten. <laughs> and I cannot get enough of it. Like all I want to do is knead bread and bake and, uh, and walk in the outside. And Jenna said something about going outside, listening to the birds, feet in the grass, that's real life. And that is such a great narrative on the truth of it. Like that's real. And this perceived realness that we've prescribed ourselves as a sense to bolster our enoughness, that's not real. Yeah. That's the thing that we're always having to maintain. Well, we just got a big dose of like, well, you don't get to maintain that right now. Mm. And if you don't get to maintain that, then where do you go for your sense of self? And if you haven't done that work, it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to feel like your whole world just imploded. Mm -hmm. Find out more about Andrea's work at andrealida.com and awakenyourpractice.com. Learn more about Jenna's work at getmomojo.com. I'll leave you with the Supergiver's leadership question of the day. What have you secretly wished for, maybe even against your own permission? And what if you gave yourself five minutes to luxuriate in the vision and wisdom it contains? This has been the Supergivers Podcast, and I'm your host and producer, Jesse Johnson. If you like what you're hearing and would like to support the show, you can do so with one of three simple actions. You can write a five-star review on iTunes, you can tell a friend about the show, or you can subscribe and listen to another episode on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. You can learn more about me and my equine-based leadership work at supergivers.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.